Have you ever caught yourself googling for a term, getting lost, and then ending up on Facebook while working on something important? Or if you're a student, do you find yourself checking your phone in the middle of an assignment? Are you on a diet, but you see yourself reaching out for pizza when you go out to eat? Hey, you're listening to the Grey Matter Show, where we deconstruct complex ideas to shorten your journey to success. And today, we are going to deconstruct habits, how they are formed, and how we can break our bad habits and create the new ones to set ourselves up for success. Showering in the morning, brushing our teeth, making breakfast, backing a car out of the driveway, taking a train or bus to work, opening up our email inbox as we sit down at our desk, these are all habits disguised as decisions. We always think that we are making so many decisions every day, but we are actually not. At one point, we made a decision to do these things, and then we decided how we'll be doing them. But since then, they have always developed into a deeply ingrained habit. Our brain now executes them on autopilot, and our body moves through the motions. Most of our day-to-day decisions are simply automatic routines in disguise. Yeah, so all know that brain is the most complex organ in our body. Mm-hmm. It has almost or maybe more than 100 billion neurons. It just weighs 3% of our body weight, but it expends 25% of the total calories that we consume. So why, why habits are formed? So in order to minimize the energy expenditure, our brain is constantly looking for ways to save energy. And if you're performing a new task, your brain has to put conscious effort to carry out that task. Interesting. So habits save brain from putting that conscious effort. Most of us, we think that remembering something is equivalent to habit, but brain's ability to retain information is different from what habits are. I'll tell you a story. So there was a guy with the name Eugene Pauly. He lost his medial temporal uh, lobe to a viral infection. And medial temporal lobe is part of the brain which retains short-term memory. Mm -hmm. For example, what you ate for breakfast yesterday, what Netflix show you watched last weekend, this temporal lobe, medial temporal lobe stores that information. Eugene had no recollection of where his bedroom or kitchen was, but he was able to find his way back in an evening walk Mm -hmm. uh, around the block. The interesting thing is, scientists used to think that um, if you lose medial temporal lobe, you lose most of your habits as well. Yeah. But Eugene's example show that he was able to find his way back because he he was habituated for that evening walk and that route that mm-hmm. he followed. So that, that shows, you know, how important or uh, deeply ingrained habits are that even if we lose memory, chances are the habits that we formed, we might not lose them. So it's important that we understand what habits are, how they are formed, And because that understanding will then allow us to create new habits or break out of old habits. That makes a lot of sense, Santosh, what you said. And while you're saying that, I was actually thinking about the brain physiology and anatomy. And I believe that the, not that I believe, but I think it's a medical fact that uh, there are actually three areas of the brain, right? And reptilian brain is the brain that is closest to the spinal cord and it's got most of the basic functions that we associate with like um, beating of your heartbeat, you know, blinking of the eyes, things like that, things we don't have to think about. And then uh, on top of that, you have a second layer of your brain in which you do emotional, you know, thinking your limbic system, things like that. And 
on the top of that the third layer and the most intellectual layer is the cerebellum which uh, which actually is responsible for all of this high level thinking you know Logical cognitive thinking. tasks exactly okay. planning and things like that so i mean habits are so ingrained that i mean you don't really need to use use your brain at all to uh, to execute, execute a, yeah. a habit once yeah. it's formed sure so so any habit is a three step loop or in in other words if i want to put it in other words a habit has three main components number one is cue cue is any internal or external trigger that starts the habit loop and number two component is routine so once cue triggers uh, the habit loop routine is series of steps or behavior that we carry out to perform the habit loop or complete the hab- habit loop mm-hmm. and the third and one of the most important component is rewards uh, rewards are nothing but some positive experience or outcome that tell our brain that the root- routine is worth remembering because it's getting some positive experience out of that right, right? let's sort of like a dog that we train to get <laughs> to fetch the ball right i mean exactly. we give them a certain reward and then we build that habit for yeah, it we, to do that task when exactly. we see a certain yeah. word we we reward our dogs with some treats for their good behavior mm-hmm. right and then uh, our dog learns those good behavior so same concept with habit uh, that's how we form our habits mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. let's take smoking as an example of habit and try to deconstruct it many people smoke after drinking and i'm one of them surprise <laughs> <laughs> finally the big confession <laughs> yeah so when i drink after a few drinks i start craving for uh, smoke and in this case drinking is trigger or cue for smoking in general i don't like smoking but when i drink i get a trigger my brain gets a trigger that i need to smoke and the routine is that i buy pack of cigarette or borrow or or not borrow but take cigarette or <laughs> borrow cigarette yeah, no uh, you can do that <laughs> get a, get a cigarette from my friends or mm-hmm. someone on the street mm-hmm. um and then i smoke so smoking is the routine here now smoking with drinking gives you a heightened sense of intoxication which is the reward which is the reward case. okay so my brain has learned to remember that routine because i get a positive and high feeling when i smoke after drinking so essentially the cue is something that you know tantalizes you towards doing that activity it's exactly. not it's not isolated from that final feeling of the reward that you're going to get exactly. because like you mentioned that you get a heightened sense of you know okay, intoxication sure. which is essentially dopamine flooding your brain because as soon as you smoke i believe like uh, we all have got nicotine receptors and as you smoke more the number of the nicotine receptors they grow and as soon as you you know satisfy that loop you get extended release of dopamine in your brain so yeah. that that initial part of drinking which basically triggered that initial dose of dopamine it was a cue for your brain to do that activity that could finally uh, have some more extended dopamine into your brain that's true that's true so so again uh, three components of habit cue routine and reward makes sense makes sense yeah i think we talked about the habit intellectually i believe the objective of our show is not just to tell you about habits but actually how to basically leverage habits for a better you or, right yeah or any complex behavior or ideas how to break them and find hacks to improve basically absolutely yeah so so what what do you think of habit how our listeners can understand different components of habit and change their habits if they want to change or 
create oh, new habits. So. There are basically a lot of very strong ideas and I believe as habit is almost something that is ingrained in our animal self. It's that much stronger for component, but we don't really appreciate it to that level or not just appreciate it, but to respect it to that level to that we should. First of the component would be to identify the routine. Like any a part of any awareness program, the initial part would be to see what is the routine that you need to change. What is the exact behavior that you want to change? Like for your case or for some other like drinker plus smoker's case, it could be what is the routine? So that specific routine is smoking after drinking. Second part would be to experiment with the record with the rewards so uh, if you feel like smoking a cigarette can you instead get, say, a, get find a different way to get heightened sense of intoxication exactly right? so maybe yeah uh, some other way to get that dopamine rush for example i used to do that and personally i've had my share of struggles with smoking and things like that so uh, i believe sugar gives you almost similar if not less dopamine rush so somebody could instead of smoking pretend like a fry is actually like a cigarette and eat it you know casually while you are drinking your drink I don't and, know. and i think that's why we we are more tempted or we tend to order fries uh, right. and greasy foods with uh, when we're drinking right? exactly because that that's also a catalyst to give you a high sense of after getting intoxicated yeah absolutely your uh, blood sugar goes down you want to rise that up yeah all of that that entire loop so identifying the routine and experimenting with the rewards would be the basic the third aspect would be to isolate the cue in itself so i find this specific hack like really powerful because the idea over here is to remove that cue itself so why are you drinking or why am i not going to the gym right what's that cue that's preventing me to make that particular decision or make a bad decision in the first place that's a very powerful concept because i i know when when i don't touch alcohol i don't smoke so right yeah if i remove cue or if i remove the trigger itself then i yeah. won't follow that routine that's very yeah. powerful concept i remember an idea about that like i was having an issue with drinking a lot <clears throat> like i was almost drinking two or three times a week and then what i did was i removed all of the bottles that i had from my home i just gave it away to a friend and i just you know told him that <laughs> this <laughs> you, is free you can just keep them <laughs> yeah you can just keep these it was not like i was a addict or anything until that specific point of time but yeah after giving away the bottles i didn't have that cue sitting in front of me and uh, i think uh, this is like a what they're saying as well that once you have to remove something out of your life you have to remove the associated things as well because that's the idea that uh, thing one will associate itself to the next thing and so on so it's it's same as saying that remove the trigger right, right. because that that's associated with next set of behavior or routine that you're going to follow right absolutely second the other aspect is identify the categories of the behavior so essentially there are only three parts that we can essentially play with right so there's cue routine and and the reward so if you could change the categories of behavior if you for example cannot change the cue and the reward for a certain thing you can change the routine so instead of say if i'm feeling bored or if i want to take a smoke instead i could just do five or six pushups and maybe you know think what after let me just experiment and do you know five or six pushups and then see if i would still have the urge to smoke or not and um, usually the urge 
disappears because again Keystone habit which is another principle that we are going to talk about so basically forming a new habit and breaking a old habit pattern is hard it's it's hard work but if you have the hack to do it if you know what are the cues and the habits and the patterns which make you do certain thing on a day to day basis there are also mental habits or platforms or frameworks which are basically ways in which you think about certain thing right so right. in which cue could be something like a meeting that i need to attend the routine would be that i would get stressed about it i don't know what the reward could be i think the reward would be excitement or adrenaline that we get so i think even stress is sort of like a bad habit in a way that we have formed and we can you know continuously work on that yeah so i think that's a good example of negative reward for example you're saying building stress or thinking meetings going wrong or negative events happening in your life i think that's a way for yourself to see a victim and not having control of the situation right right, right. that's a way for you to find an excuse find an escape route yeah, yeah. find an yeah. escape for yourself and show that you don't have control over the avoiding responsibility right? yeah that's so, the reward so so that's the reward in this yeah. case so if we are aware of the fact that habit is not just about certain routine or tangible things but it's also in our thinking mm-hmm. we can change so many things in our lives for good right absolutely so you were you were you you were saying something about keystone habit can share your thoughts on what yeah yeah absolutely keystone habit is a extremely powerful concept and i i think i came to know about this from you itself like an year ago or something basically keystone habit is like a pillar of your entire stream of habits so if you can imagine a trunk of a tree going over into you know branches and disintegrating the keystone habit is sort of like that main trunk that disintegrates into various habit loops that you form over the over the course of your life so some of the very common keystone ha- habit patterns which i see almost on a day to day basis are get bored go to the cafeteria get a cookie or anything unhealthy to eat if you are bored chat with the coworkers if you are hungry go and get something to eat like i've seen this n number of times personally i'm a believer in intermittent fasting so i feel that we should not be eating <laughs> as many number of times that we eat every day but yeah, yeah i see most of the times people have got a cue that's almost like a bad keystone habit that they have so like we have positive keystone habits we also have bad keystone habit one of my bad keystone habit is watching a show on youtube or netflix so i'll just come back from work i'll be obviously exhausted and things like that and instead of doing something for myself right uh, i would just sit and watch maybe like a show on youtube or on netflix and then associated things eventually you know come up like you'd be sitting so you'd be chatting you'd be scrolling through your phone you'd be doing you know something else n number of things so you would be obviously wasting a lot of your time and not get a lot of things done so what you're saying is that keystone habits are habits which trigger other set of associated habits be it positive or negative right, right. for example you're 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 talking about intermittent fasting or, or let's take exercise example so when you exercise you start eating right you start sleeping on time right you start taking care of your body more so just ex- building exercising as a habit 
changes so many other things in your life right builds so many other positive uh, right right in your life and if you go on the finance side if you could just uh, do a weekly finance goal setting uh, this is what i'm going to be spending this this is the amount i'll be investing for this week and this is the amount i would be saving like a lot of your things will get done by itself you would not be spending so much on your restaurant takeouts on your you know splurging basically right you'll stop using your credit card indiscriminately <laughs> you'll start eating home more yeah uh, you know home cooked food, food yeah uh, absolutely so and that that will again inc- improve your health so great example there are some negative keystone habit also which you highlighted for example sitting on couch let's say you're drinking wa- watching movie like couch potato then you'll start eating junk food if you're drinking you'll start eating junk food yeah. you'll order pizza or you'll have a, a bag of chips yeah so one habit creating a trigger for another set of habits right. or behavior bad habits or good habits they are they have all of their cousins and you know <laughs> relatives that will come along the next idea is five second rule so once you decide to do something once you need to do uh, work on something just do it like for example when i come back from work i used to be exhausted i used to think like why should i go and you know work out i'm so tired this framework changes your thinking in a way that whatever you have to think from your emotional brain it eventually comes out into the uh, splurge of reality like are you tired are you this much tired that you can't even go and uh, work out for like 10 minutes all these things all these uh, yes or no answers which if if you would give yourself immense amount of time it would make you indecisive and ultimately you would not be able to do what you plan to do instead if you simply allow yourself 5 seconds to think about it um, if you are actually tired in 5 seconds your body will say no i can't do it or yes i might just work out for say 5 minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes instead of an hour but i can go and work out so that is another hack that so so basically what you're saying don't let your brain think too much don't get into analysis paralysis mode if you want to get something done just count 5 4 3 2 1 and just go into it yeah absolutely right? because if you keep thinking about it your brain by default we are made to think we are hardwired to think negatively because primitively when we were primitive man hunter gatherer mm-hmm. we had to be our brain has to be on on a constant watch to look for negative information yeah, to look for predators to, to, to look for, for predators because yeah. if we were not doing that either we would find our lunch or we would be lunch for animals right so yeah a brain by default keeps looking for negative information and if if we prolong decision making to very postpone or make it long we might not end up doing things so one great example is that if you're in a bar you find some attractive attractive woman with who you want to talk to if you don't approach her in 3 seconds or 5 seconds forget it you know and santosh never misses that <laughs> I, i mean uh, it, it's not just, just about kidding, appro- yeah not not just about approaching women in a meeting also you have you might have some great ideas but if you don't speak it out in 3 seconds or 5 seconds forget it that is going to come out and you lose that opportunity right so we have to train our brain to act yeah. fast right so totally. that that's a great hack that actually comes down to the point of uh, willpower as well so like we discuss about actual habits and actual actions willpower which we feel is more has to do with what like somebody is born with willpower is also 
something that can be trained or drained. that can As be drained habit. yeah there was actually this very famous experiment and i would let santosh talk about it more yeah so that's a that's a very good topic willpower is is it something that people are born with or is it something that we can train ourselves to strengthen our willpower there was this experiment at stanford university in 1960s where they, where they gave some treats or marshmallow to four year old kids the researchers or the social scientists and they asked uh, these kids four or five kids they asked them to wait for few minutes and if they wait waited for few minutes they'll get another set of treats so they'll double the treats or marshmallows and then the researchers went out of the room they found that around 70% of the kids they could not wait they could not resist and they ate treats or marshmallow the remaining 30% they could double their reward or marshmallow because they waited or something we call delayed gratification and then later uh, these scientists they tracked these kids for uh, their I, i would say midlife or until 30s they were in 30s and 40s what they found was very interesting observation they found that kids who could not resist the temptation they had poor sat grades they were not very well off they were in poor or bad financial situation they were in bad relationships they had toxic relationships on the other hand kids who could res- who could resist uh, and delay their gratification they were in a better situation in their lives right. uh, so willpower is very important uh, factor or predictor of our success and, and research, research says that trained. it can be trained it can be built into behavior we can train our kids and ourselves to exercise willpower it's like muscle which you exercise can be grown hmm. very interesting another idea like when you talked about willpower another idea is about the negative aspect of willpower as well right something that can make you a disciplined monk could also make you like a pathological gambler and uh, there's an experiment to understand what basically drives a person to become a pathological gambler or to just be a social gambler by the way santosh what's the difference between pathological gambler or social gambler right so so pathological pa- pathological gambler is someone who is habituated to gamble you know and social gambler is like s- someone who drinks socially just to be to give company uh, someone people who gamble are social gambler so anyways speaking about that experiment in that experiment researchers observed that a near miss triggered excitement in pathological gambler's brain and because excitement is a positive experience for the brain a pathological gambler kept betting money in the anticipation that he would at some point convert the near miss to a win mm-hmm. on the other hand for the same event for the same near miss a social gambler reacted differently for him near miss was a loss his brain interpreted the near miss as a loss so he stopped playing after betting few chances so for him for a social gambler the loss was less so it's very interesting to see how we as different individuals see same events or outcomes that provide different triggers to invoke different habit loops in us so it's important that we watch out for our behavior or routine for different outcomes or events in our lives and set routine and behavior that drives us closer to success for example if you are interviewing for a job or opening you should consider near misses 
uh, where you reach to the final stage in the interview, mm-hmm. you, sh- you should consider them as win and keep trying until you get a job. However, if you're driving after getting drunk and you were not pulled over by a cop or you did not meet with any accident, of course, you are lucky. But don't consider that lady luck will be with you all the time. You should not consider it as a win and keep doing it. Consider this near miss as loss and train your brain not to do that again. That's interesting. And I've seen that actually play out in life as well. Like they're the same events. And I think in social terminology, we call those people as winners because they see failure as sort of like a challenge rather than something uh, that is, you know, depressing. And basically comes down to the same aspect. If you have a habit of seeing a certain thing in a certain way, and it's my belief that habits are formed very early in your life when you did not even have a self-conscious control of what you are going to think about a certain thing, how your reaction is going to be like. And it was a lot of it was due to the environment that you were brought up in. So insecurities, you know, things like that, they play out a big part in the subconscious way in which we think and we react. And now that we are adults and we have this information and at our bay, like we have internet, we have all these strong frameworks which can essentially change your life if you can apply them. It is our, I think, topmost responsibility that we should apply these and we can, on most of the levels, change those subconscious patterns, the negative patterns that were formed. Okay, so now... Coming to the hacks part of the podcast, right? So the podcast is not about, you know, basically ranting about things, (laughs) about intellectual arguments. It's about hacks that you can apply today in your life. Like if you can apply something today in your life out of this entire thing, what will be the top most three things? Yeah, so one one of the hacks that all of us can apply based on what we discussed about habit, how they are formed, is habit stacking. So how do you create new habits? Uh, usually it's difficult to create habits, but research and researchers have found that one of the easiest way to build a new habit is to stack or sandwich uh, that new habit between two existing habits, mm-hmm. which you already have, right? So let's say you want to build meditation into a habit, right? So Maybe you, first thing you do in your morning that you brew your coffee. So while you're brewing your coffee, it it takes five minutes or 10 minutes. You can, while you're waiting for your coffee to be brewed, you can sit down and meditate for that time, right? And most, many people try to build gratitude into habit. One way to build this habit is that before you take first bite of dinner, just think of the three things that you're grateful about in your life. For the day, just for the day, not even for for your whole life, just for the day, what three things happened, three good things happened to you for that that day, right? And it'll it'll set set, uh, your mood positive before you retire for the night. We usually think that these uh, small things, they don't really make a lot of difference, but actually they do, Uh, especially... Nowadays, with the advancements that we have in neuroscience, it's been proven a number of times that having a habit of gratitude makes you so much more efficient. Because like we talked about before, that the natural state of our mind is to think in uh, you know negative terms. Basically, go in that loops of self-inflicting ourselves with pain, etc. Right. And if we think about the things that we are grateful for, that automatically makes us richer sort of in terms of our 
thought process, whatever you think about, that's the person that you become. So right. uh, that's one. So I think habit stacking is an important concept. Easiest way to apply it after or before the current habit, I will do the new habit. So after or after or before my morning coffee, I will Wednesday. meditate. After or before my dinner, I will say one thing that I'm grateful about. After or before I go to sleep, I will read for 15 minutes. Another idea is about keystone habit. So keystone habit is extremely powerful. It's just a single habit. It's not even a stack of habit. It's, it's just a single habit that can you know, transform your life in that particular area. And I personally believe in like three major areas, body, spirit, and mind. For each of them, you could have like a habit. Like for body habit is working out every day for like 15 minutes, not more than that, just for 15 minutes. For mind, just to read for 15 minutes before I go to sleep and 15 minutes right after I wake up. For spirit, it's meditation habit. Again, the thing that we talked about, like right after my coffee, I would just meditate for five minutes. These habits, these keystone habits will basically drive other habits into your life. So if you if you think about spirit, it will make you more mindful. It will uh, in, improve your humility automatically. You don't even have to do anything about it. It will just happen subconsciously. Other last, last part of the hack is awareness, right? So in the end, habit comes down to the aspect of awareness. Like if you're aware about a certain cue or a routine or a reward in your life and the impact that it's having on you, that's the first step, right? I mean, you need to be aware when right. that specific process is happening. Yep. One of the famous technique by by a marine, and I think Santosh, you told me about this specific method was like if you're if you're sitting in between work and you feel yourself going haywired or you know stressed or just out of focus, what do you do? Uh, there there are several techniques that I use. Okay. You know, I'll add awareness with uh, a parallel concept mm-hmm. i'm i'm calling sure. it parallel yeah called being in the moment you mm-hmm. know most of the time i'm talking about mostly at work and there there are some research paper on this that most of us at work are mostly daydreaming we are not fully present in the moment and being aware and i'll take i'll give one example so at some point all of us have found ourselves browsing facebook when we were supposed to be working on a serious assignment you know we were so focus on the work, but all of a sudden we see that we have spent 15 minutes on Facebook. That happens because we are not aware. We are not pres- in the present moment. If we are aware of our environment, if we are in the present moment, we can remove a lot of distractions from our life. Right. And being aware of our cue, trigger, uh, triggers, routine, and reward is the first step in, in fixing a bad habit or developing a new habit. So what I do to answer your question, I become aware and try to bring myself in the present moment. And there are several ways to do that. Mm -hmm. I focus on my uh, breath and that removes all the distractions and daydreaming uh, that I I had been doing. Right. Breath is always in the present moment, right? That's true. It can't be in the past or the future. future, Yeah. That means you're dead or you're, (laughs) you are not born yet. Yeah. The other technique that I use, I get out of my seat. And do some push-ups because, again, when you do push-ups, your body is in need of oxygen, right? So your brain, uh, as we discussed earlier, is its main priority is to make us survive, right? So when, you, when your body is in need of excess of oxygen, when you are uh, exercising, 
it has to remove all the distraction. It has to stop thinking about yeah. any daydreaming activities and come to the present moment and take the breaths. So these are the awesome. two hacks that I follow. So guys, we leave you with a parting thought. So there are these two young fish swimming along and they happen to meet an older fish swimming the other way who nods at them and says, Morning boys, how's the water? And the two young fish swim on for a bit and then one of them looks over and and goes, Water? What the hell is water? So guys, we are like fish living in water, unaware of the habits which surround us and make us who we are.